we should be a crossing guard who helps somebody get from one side of this journey to the other without getting run over. Welcome back to the Facts About Packs podcast. I'm Michaela Isler, now Packs Executive Director, and I'm joined by David Shield and Adam Belmar for a very special episode of this podcast, one we're calling Sweet Talk. Michaela, many PAC directors will have regular interactions with their senior leadership of their organization. And indeed, the support of your leadership, their buy-in, and their sponsorship of your PAC program are critical to your success. Oh, 100%. Something we talk about all the time here at NABPAC. But Dave, you know, what happens when, as you and I both have, encountered someone from the C-suite who is, shall we say, maybe overly enthusiastic, and they need to be managed in a way that protects both your organization and the political action committee? Today's episode is a dramatic imagination of just that type of scenario, and then a detailed examination of how best to proceed, protect, and uphold the integrity of your employee-funded or business trade association PAC and the organization it and you both serve. The Facts About PACs podcast is produced especially for the members of the National Association of Business Political Action Committees. In every episode, we recap this week's NAP activities, share actionable intelligence and best practices, all while connecting the PAC community. Thanks, Adam. And and so for this inaugural episode of Sweet Talk, David, we are going to imagine possible interactions with a CEO who is keen to dig into the pack a little bit. That's exactly right, Michaela. What follows is really nothing more than a training exercise. This is speculation to prepare our fellow pack directors. This is a test. This is only a test. Now, just imagine you're a corporate pack director and you're sitting at your desk one morning when the following email hits your inbox. Dear PAC Director, I'm thrilled that our PAC is doing so well. I see you've got a slide discussing senior leadership participation. I'm thrilled we have 80% of the leadership team participating in the PAC. But who are our holdouts? Please send me a list of contributors so I can reach out personally to anyone who's not on the team. Well, Michaela, I don't know if you've ever received an email like this, but it feels very familiar to me. And it usually comes from a place of good intentions, a place of enthusiasm, a place of, hey, I'm the leader of an organization and I want to lead. I want to encourage the people on my team to support the political action committee. But of course, uh, the reason that we're sort of fraught with peril here is because these sorts of lists and these sorts of um, systems of accountability for PAC contributions sort of lead us down a road that we don't want to go down, right? We want to make sure that people can feel that they are not being coerced, that there is no pressure. And as I've told people in many, many years of training, there's just a huge difference between a peer, and we're big believers in the peer-to-peer system, soliciting your support for a separate segregated fund and your boss or your boss's boss coming through to darken that doorway and ask for your support. There's just a fundamental difference there. And that's why we want to be careful about getting too granular with our PAC data. Yeah. And I think so many of us, you know, like to encourage that competition, you know, and really seeing those participation rates really high up. And I would I would even say, I mean, one of the first things you can say to that executive is that, you know, 80 percent participation in this group is actually pretty spectacular. And so you kind of want to lead with the positive on this because it is going to be pretty rare that you get 100 percent participation in any of your business units or giving. And so, You kind of have to be realistic and sort of set the stage with that executive. But I think, too, while we appreciate that they may want to get to 100 percent, 
that one-on-one conversation, particularly if they're an executive in the organization, is just an area you want to, you know, really stay away from. And so as the PAC director, I always tried to encourage our executives to come together maybe at a breakfast or a lunch with the executive team. Certainly appropriate for the CEO to talk about the importance of the PAC, why he supports or she supports the PAC and encourage their participation. Uh, and they can do that, you know, a couple times a year and do that sort of regularly because I do think that shows their commitment and support of the PAC, but also understanding that there probably won't ever be 100% participation. And that's okay. We're okay with that. Yeah, you've got to define success in context. And you're absolutely right. When you start talking about having six out of 10, seven out of 10, eight out of 10 people contributing to a pack, you're doing rock star level work. And there's simply no need to take a risk or perhaps make anybody uncomfortable to try to get anybody who who might be a holdout. Uh, those are best in class numbers. And that's certainly the counsel that you have to give to anybody who's asking. I think to all of these scenarios that we're going to be talking about today, I think you've got to take a few steps back and be prepared for any one of these and any other number of things that could come your way. But having a basic understanding of sort of the do's and don'ts of fundraising with your executives outside of or inside of your restricted class, there's so many nuances, Dave, to you know, these scenarios that I would just say this, you always want to make sure that you run everything by legal counsel. First and foremost, if you do not have legal counsel, you know, one of the incredible benefits of NAPAC is you do have access to the NAPAC legal hotline. You know, we do have resources on the do's and don'ts and the resource library on fundraising. So there's a lot of things that you can do to prepare in advance of getting these questions. But I do think that You want to be in close contact depending on your, you may have a very close relationship with your CEO. You may not. And so that's where you may need to run, you may need to have the head of the DC office or your boss run a little bit of interference on this. And and maybe it is the head of the DC office that handles some of these responses. Only you know the internal dynamics of your organization. So I just want to start with sort of setting the stage a little bit and how you respond to these. Michaela, you nailed it. Proper preparation prevents poor performance, right? We absolutely lay a solid foundation of education and what follows are going to be very healthy and productive interactions with our leadership. The one thing I would just say is, you know, uh, it's very hard to tell an executive and particularly a CEO, no. So I think my strategy in all of these is try to find a way to get to, to yes but it might just look a little different than what they've asked or how they've outlined it. Okay, so Dave, let's try this one on for size. It's Monday morning and the email from the CEO comes in. Dear PAC director. I saw Congressman Jones on Meet the Press this weekend saying we need to control defense spending. Please tell me that our PAC is not supporting this guy. He's bad for business and we need to defeat him. Wow, this, um, you know, in an era when our elected officials are all over every form of media and it's being consumed by everybody in our organization, I think reactions to particular media moments are something every responsible PAC director has to be prepared for. And when I think about this situation, I get back to contribution criteria and a process by which we select which candidates we're going to support. That process protects everyone. It protects the contributor. It protects the leadership of the company. It protects the pack because what you can say anytime 
any individual candidate has a viral moment that may land very positively or perhaps very negatively with somebody in your organization is we take a lot of factors into account when we make our contribution decisions. We have a set of criteria. I have a board that goes through that criteria. I may have a spreadsheet, an algorithm that kicks out our decisions about who to support and with how many dollars. But that process protects us from that individual moment, that individual spike on the line that may have emotions running hot. And we can say, look, we've taken a comprehensive view. I would also say, and I used to say this when I asked people for PAC contributions, nobody that we support is going to say the right thing 100% of the time. And hopefully they're not going to say the wrong thing for our business interests 100% of the time. But there are going to be moments that we disagree. And we look at the totality of someone's views on critical business issues. That's how we make our decisions. David, uh, I echo everything you say. I would just add that, you know, there really is no one within an organization that understands governance and, and, and a board of directors and the role of the board of directors in an organization than a CEO. And so if you are a PAC and remember, Dave, uh, you know, the Federal Election Commission does not require that a PAC have a board of directors. They simply require that you have a treasurer. But this has been a best practice that we've been talking about at NAPAC for a very long time, that just because you're not required to have a board of directors, it is incumbent upon you as the PAC director to ensure that you have the proper oversight, the proper and diverse members around a board table that can provide sort of that objective view as you're looking at your contribution criteria so that when you do get these types of questions, whether it's a CEO or someone else within the organization pushing back on your contributions, to your point, that you've got a solid and sound process in place. Okay, here's another one from your senior leadership, and this is a good one to be on the lookout for. Dear PAC Director. Senator Smith is a winner. He and I went to law school together and I'm planning to host a fundraiser for him at my house. I have my admin working on an invite. It's on the corporate calendar and I need your help to make this happen. Okay, well, we talk a lot about what can be done outside the traditional role of a separate segregated fund. And as PAC managers, we're sometimes going to be pulled into this world of uh, executive giving and uh, individual fundraisers that may happen outside the purview of the PAC. Now, this is, of course, where you need to start with a a strong relationship with your general counsel or your outside counsel. Refer to some of the great guides for the sort of scenario that are out there from firms like Wiley. But what I would say is you are stepping into a world where the compliance lanes are pretty brightly drawn out. And you can be a helpful counselor here in saying to your leadership, it's great that you want to support this person. It's great that you want to do an individual fundraiser. Here are some of the things that we need to do. Here are some of the rules of the road in order to make that happen. Here's how I can help. Here is how other employees of the corporation cannot be involved. And let me sort of wade into this and and be as helpful as I can, because, again, I don't think any of this is coming from a, a place of bad intentions. If you have a senior leader who says, I want to do everything I can to support the right candidate for office, we shouldn't discourage that. We should be uh a crossing guard who helped somebody get from one side of this journey to the other without getting run over. And this is really one where I think being prepared in, in advance, if you know that you're CEO or you've got a politically active senior leadership team, this is where I think you can be proactive and sort of laying out the do's and don'ts of hosting fundraisers um, in advance so that when that phone rings and you pick up the phone or the email comes through, you're not caught off guard. And they know before they commit 
to any sort of event for friends or otherwise that they kind of know the rules of the road before they start committing. I think the biggest issue here is they have a conversation with a friend, mention they're running for office. Yeah, yeah, we'll do all this. And they overcommit. And then we have to backtrack and go back and say, hey, you know, upon further discussion internally, here's how we can do it, but here's how we need to do it. And so I think preparing your executives before they even have those conversations is crucial. And you may not have a sense, maybe your new PAC director, you may not have a sense how actively engaged your executives are. That's when you need one of your first questions, even in the interview process, quite frankly, but is to understand their level of participation in our political process and things that you can do to arm them for those conversations that you're not around for. And you know, there's actually another partner here that we neglected to mention, and that is the campaign fundraiser. Someone at a campaign is going to have regular uh, repetitions doing personal dollar fundraisers from executives, they should know the rules of the road. If you're interacting with that professional, then they can be brought to the table and say, okay, we're going to handle the invitation. We're going to handle the registration list. It's going to be on a calendar invite that we generate, those sorts of things. That will help you stay compliant, but it also pushes the work where it should be, in many cases, with the campaign. I was going to say the same thing. I think really leaning in on those fundraisers is is critically important. Getting, you know, admin staff out of that game is important. And I think, too, this is where you really need to understand who's being invited, what are the resources being used, if it's their personal home, if it's the office. There's so many different considerations that you just really want to run by general counsel, outside counsel to make sure that everything's above board because you may have to pay back the organization for uh, time spent on these events. You may have to pay back fair market value for the venue if it's one of your corporate facilities. So there's just a lot to consider here. Again, a lot of resources in the NAPAC resource library on this or through our legal help hotline, but you really ought to know exactly all of the details of these events before you commit to anything. Okay, David, here is one more scenario to think through. Dear pack manager. I'm getting a lot of questions from the board governance committee about how we run our pack. Can you help me prepare to brief them for the upcoming board meeting? You know, I look forward to this question. And the reason I look forward to it is because it means that the most senior levels of your organization, the political action committee is being discussed. And that's good. It is a high profile program. It affects your organization's brand. It affects the senior leadership and all of your employees. So if it's being briefed at the highest group that exists, right, maybe your board of directors governance committee, that is a great thing. And what I would say is that if you're not being asked to make these briefings happen, you should be pushing for these briefings to happen. I don't think it's responsible in today's environment where there's such scrutiny on political activity for a board of directors not to be considering the actions of a, of a company pack. And so I would say, yeah, absolutely. You get this email enthusiastically. Here's what you need to brief. Here's what you need to understand. Let's get ahead of the questions that you might ask. Let's look at previous board meetings and see what's been discussed. Are we giving to any controversial candidates at the moment? Here's what's in the news cycle. Oh, you could have a lot of fun getting ready for this one. And this is just another one where I, I I just I know I'm a broken record, but being prepared in advance, you know, making sure you've got we've been talking for two years, like go back and review that contribution criteria periodically. Uh, have you implemented audits? Anything that is going to show to that board that this is a well run, well old machine with lots of oversight, with uh, incredible policies and procedures in place. The last thing that you would want is to not be prepared for this 
and not be presenting with the best possible foot forward with that board because you don't want anything to threaten the future success of that organization, right? So you really need to be prepared in advance for this question. I just say, and if you're not getting the question, be proactive and make sure that either your CEO or your head of your DC office knows you're prepared for that question. All right, the experiment is over. That was informational. That was fun. I mean, everyone listening knows that it was just an exercise, right? I mean, no one would ever believe me in the role of CEO. Adam, if I close my eyes, I feel like I'm back on the corporate jet. <laughs> but I do agree, Adam. This was really informative and fun. And, and to all of our faithful listeners out there, if you liked this special episode of the Number One Pack Podcast at American, want us to do this again soon, just let us know. And special thanks to you, David, for being back with us again today. Always great to be with you, Michaela. And thanks to everyone downloading and sharing this podcast. Subscribe and meet us right back here next week. <laughs>